Good morning. My name is Mike, and I make this podcast because I like to learn and create new things, and because I'm hoping to get the word out about something else that I've made called the Flex Deck. The Flex Deck is a multi-purpose deck of playing cards that lets you play dominoes, word games, and your traditional poker or rummy, all in one deck of cards. If you like games or you'd like to support this podcast, I hope you'll check us out at flexdeckplayingcards.com. Today I'm reading the Everglades National Park article from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, and website to go to for the questions, not the answers, similar to this podcast. For the answers, I encourage you to support your local library. Threats to the park and ecology. Diversion and quality of water. Less than 50% of the Everglades, which existed prior to drainage attempts, remains intact today. Populations of wading birds dwindled 90% from their original numbers between the 1940s and 2000s. The diversion of water to South Florida's still-growing metropolitan areas is the Everglades National Park's number one threat. In the 1950s and 1960s, 1,400 miles, or 2,300 kilometers of canals and levees, 150 gates and spillways, and 16 pumping stations were constructed to direct water toward cities and away from the Everglades. Low levels of water leave fish vulnerable to reptiles and birds, and as sawgrass dries, it can burn or die off, which in turn kills apple snails and other animals that wading birds feed upon. Populations of birds fluctuate. In 2009, the South Florida Water Management District claimed wading birds across South Florida increased by 335%. Following three years of increasing numbers, the Miami Herald reported in 2009 that populations of wading birds within the park decreased by 29%. Cities along the west coast of Florida rely on desalination for fresh water. The quantity demanded is too great for the land to provide. Nitrates from the underground water system and high levels of mercury also impact the quality of fresh water the park receives. In 1998, a Florida panther was found dead in Sharkwater Slough, with levels of mercury high enough to kill a human. Increased occurrences of algal blooms and red tide in Biscayne Bay and Florida Bay have been traced to the amounts of controlled water released from Lake Okeechobee. The brochure given to visitors at Everglades National Park includes a statement that reads, quote, Freshwater flowing into the park is engineered with the help of pumps, floodgates, and retention ponds along the park's boundary. The Everglades is presently on life support, alive but diminished, end quote. Urban encroachment. A series of levees on the park's eastern border marks the line between urban and protected areas but development into these areas threatens the park system. Florida still attracts nearly a thousand new residents every day, and building residential, commercial, and industrial zones near Everglades National Park stresses the water balance and ecosystems within the park. On the park's western border, Fort Myers, Naples, and Cape Coral are expanding, but no system of levees exists to mark that border. National Geographic rated both Everglades National Park and Big Cypress National Preserve the lowest scoring parks in North America 
at 32 out of 100. Their scoring system rated 55 parks in terms of sustainable tourism, destination quality, and park management. The experts who compiled the results justified the score by stating, quote, encroachment by housing and retail development has thrown the precious ecosystem into a tailspin, and if humankind doesn't back off, there will be nothing left of one of the country's most amazing treasures, end quote. Endangered and Threatened Animals 36 federally protected animals live in the park, some of which face grave threats to their survival. In the United States, the American crocodile's only habitat is within South Florida. They were once overhunted for their hides. They are protected today from hunting, but are still threatened by habitat destruction and injury from vehicle collisions when crossing roads to reach waterways. About 2,000 crocodiles live in Florida, and there are roughly 100 nests in the Everglades and Biscayne National Parks. Crocodiles' populations in South Florida have increased, as has the number of alligators. Crocodiles were reclassified from quote-unquote endangered to quote-unquote threatened in the United States in 2007. The Florida panther is one of the most endangered mammals on Earth. About 230 live in the wild, primarily in the Everglades and the Big Cypress Swamp. The biggest threats to the panther include habitat destruction from human development, vehicle collisions, inbreeding due to their limited gene pool, parasites, diseases, and mercury poisoning. Four Everglades species of sea turtle, including the Atlantic green sea turtle, the Atlantic hawksbill, the Atlantic loggerhead, and the Atlantic ridley are endangered. Also, the leatherback sea turtle is threatened. Numbers are difficult to determine since males and juveniles do not return to their birthplace. Females lay eggs in the same location every year. Habitat loss, illegal poaching, and destructive fishing practices are the biggest threats to these animals. The range of the Cape Sable Seaside Sparrow is restricted to Everglades National Park and the Big Cypress Swamp. In 1981, 6,656 Cape Sable Seaside Sparrows were reported in park boundaries, but surveys over 10 years documented a decline to an estimated 2,624 birds by 2002. Attempts to return natural levels of water to the park have been controversial. Cape Sable seaside sparrows nest about a foot off the ground, and rising water levels may harm future populations, as well as threaten the locally endangered snail kite. The Everglades snail kite eats apple snails almost exclusively and the Everglades is the only location in the United States where this bird of prey exists. There is some evidence that the population may be increasing, but loss of habitat and food sources keep the estimated number of these birds at several hundred. The West Indian manatee has been upgraded from endangered to threatened. Collisions with boats and habitat loss are still its biggest threats. Drought, fire, and rising sea levels. Fire naturally occurs after lightning storms, but takes its heaviest toll when water levels are low. Hardwood, hammock, and cypress trees are susceptible to heavy damage from fire, and some may take decades to grow back. Peat built up over centuries in the marsh 
can cause fires to burn deep scars in the soil. In 2007, Fred Scaller of the South Florida Water Management District said, quote, an extreme drought can be viewed as almost as catastrophic as a volcano. It can reshape the entire landscape. It can take 1,000 years to produce two inches of peat, and you can lose those couple of inches in a week, end quote. Rising sea levels caused by global warming are another threat to the future of the park. Since 1932, ocean levels at Key West have steadily risen over 0.7 feet or 0.2 meters, which could have disastrous consequences for land so close to the ocean. It is estimated that within 500 years, freshwater habitats in the Everglades National Park will be obliterated by salt water leaving only the northernmost portion of the Everglades. Cost estimates for raising or replacing the Tyam Miami Trail and Alligator Alley with bridges are in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Non-Native Species The introduction of non-native species to South Florida is a considerable problem for the park. Many of the biological controls, like weather, disease, and consumers that naturally limit plants in their native environments do not exist in the Everglades, causing many to grow larger and multiply far beyond their average numbers in their native habitats. Approximately 26% of all fish, reptiles, birds, and mammal species in South Florida are exotic, more than in any other part of the U.S., and the region hosts one of the highest numbers of exotic plant species in the world. Species that adapt the most aggressively to conditions in the Everglades by spreading quickly or competing with native species that are sometimes threatened or endangered are called quote-unquote invasive. Thousands of exotic plant species have been observed in South Florida, usually introduced as ornamental landscaping, but park staff must eradicate such invasive plants as Malayaluca tree, Brazilian pepper, and Old World climbing fern. Similarly, animals often do not find the predators or natural barriers to reproduction in the Everglades as they do where they originate. Thus, they often reproduce more quickly and efficiently. Lobate lacks scale insects, kill shrubs and other plants in hardwood hammocks. Bromelide beetles destroy bromeliads and the ecosystems they host. Walking catfish can deplete aquaculture stocks, and carry enteric septic emia. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, or FWC, listed eight, quote, reptiles of concern, end quote, including the Burmese python, focusing on them for their large sizes and aggressive natures, allowing licensed hunters to kill any listed animal in protected areas and sell their meat and hides. Burmese pythons, two subspecies of African rock pythons, northern and southern, and yellow anacondas were banned from import into the U.S. in 2012. United States Secretary of the Interior Ken Salazar announced the inclusion of these reptiles at Everglades National Park. Exotic species control falls under the management of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service which has been compiling and disseminating information about invasive species since 1994. Control of invasive species costs $500 million per year, 
but 1,700,000 acres of land in South Florida remains infested. Well, that'll make this that for now. This is Mike with FlexDeckPlayingCards.com. Thanks as always for listening. My apologies for any mistakes or mispronunciations that I may have made. The words are not my own. This is just a reading of Wikipedia. If you'd like to support this podcast, I hope you'll visit our website. Again, that's FlexDeckPlayingCards.com. There you'll find information about a multi-purpose deck of playing cards. You can also leave us a review on whatever service it is that you're listening to us. That would be great. Thanks so much. Have a great day.